Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and returned Peace Corps volunteers. If you like what you hear today, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram, where I've been doing a lot of fun new things, such as Instagram takeovers by uh, currently serving Peace Corps volunteers. Uh, connect with me on Facebook by searching for My Peace Corps Story, and as always, over at My PeaceCoreStory.com. Additionally, if you have been listening to the show and enjoying it, and you happen to use Apple Podcast or iTunes as your preferred platform for podcast, head on over there and leave a review for the show. Five-star reviews are extremely appreciated, but more than anything, I want to know what you think so I can better serve my audience. On this week's episode, I do something a little bit different. I explore not dating during the Peace Corps. I've talked to several volunteers who had relationships uh, with other volunteers, with host country nationals. Uh, Some of those, they ended up getting married after service, some not. But I actually talk with my significant other, my uh, recent fiancé, Michelle Long, about uh, dating a Peace Corps volunteer when you yourself are not a Peace Corps volunteer. And maybe for most people, this isn't uh, an issue at all. It's not really an issue for us, but it's made ever more present. Uh, Because in Washington, D.C., we often end up in places where it's all return Peace Corps volunteers, except for Michelle. So we talk about that and many other things uh, on this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. This is this is this is this is my my Peace Corps Peace Corps my Peace Corps my Peace Corps story story story. My name is Michelle Long, and this is my Peace Corps story. Are you ready for this? I don't know if I'm ready for this. I've listened to enough episodes and recordings. Mm-hmm. So, well, after doing 208 podcast episodes, I finally have my my fiance on the show who is not a returned Peace Corps volunteer, never served in the Peace Corps, but we're going to be talking about how it is uh, dating, eventually going to be marrying a Peace Corps volunteer and all that comes with that, the good, the the quirky, and also uh, being at events where you are the only non-returned Peace Corps volunteer and everybody going around the room, where did you serve? Where did you serve? Where did you serve? Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm good, Tyler. How are you? Doing, doing well. Hanging out in our apartment. Excited to to talk with you on the podcast. I've listened to enough of them being recorded back at my desk and you're recording either with people in person or via Skype. I know. Well, you used to listen to the show itself. I did, but then we moved in together and I heard enough of your voice, so I didn't need to hear it anymore. (laughs) Good enough reason. (laughs) (laughs) Hot hot take on this episode in general before we get into the specific questions. What what is your initial reaction to coming on the show to talk about Peace Corps more or less? I mean 
I know enough people who have done Peace Corps or lived abroad. So I'm used to kind of this international development kind of world. And I've read your book. I've heard a lot of your stories. So I know a lot about Peace Corps, but I didn't serve myself. So it's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. And as we know, I'm a little bit more awkward in front of the microphone than you. Yeah, but you're doing well so far. Oh, okay. Yeah. For for everybody listening, uh, Michelle and I have been together for about three years. I uh, got engaged a few months ago. And Peace Corps is a very big part of my life, being a return Peace Corps volunteer, uh, moving to D.C., uh, getting my, my job where we met each other uh, because of non-competitive eligibility, NCE. So I got into the, the federal government. So she so she's heard a lot, a, a lot about Peace Corps. And I think this would be normal for anybody who knows a return Peace Corps volunteer or most return Peace Corps volunteers. And then it's made even worse by living with someone who hosts a podcast on Peace Corps stories. So she gets but it a lot. even before we moved in together, we would have lunch together with our other friend who served in Peace Corps. <laughs> and the topics of conversation were either food or poop or <laughs> weird medical things or I don't even know what else we talked about. But And then if we ever go to a party or anywhere... People always talk about their Peace Corps service, no matter where you go or who you mm-hmm. we, we also are with. live in Washington, D.C., and then we were right. living in Columbia Heights, which has the highest concentration of Peace Corps volu- return Peace Corps volunteers in anywhere in the world. Really? Yeah, Columbia Heights, like that Columbia Heights, Petworth, wow. Mount Pleasant. Yeah, that statistics, uh, statistic comes from the National Peace Corps Association uh, from a friend there. So if it is wrong, uh, blame him, not me. Uh, but sense. yeah, like, you know, federal jobs. So you're also a federal employee, mm-hmm. but you're, I guess, one of the few who got in not being a return Peace Corps volunteer. My office has a lot who weren't. Okay. Well, my, mine is all return Peace Corps volunteers. Right. There are very few select other ways to get into the federal government right now. Yes. But being a return Peace Corps volunteer is one of the easier yeah. Easier ways that a law degree or a PhD. I'd say those avenues are some of the easier ones. Mm-hmm. Maybe an engineering degree as well. Engineers are a little bit harder to come by. Depends. People with masters of public health and masters of public affairs like us were kind of a dime a dozen. Right. But getting you getting your job in the government. Mm-hmm. Did you have a little bit of animosity towards uh, those returned Peace Corps volunteers who were seemingly walking in the door? Or no, you just, it, not, it was what it was. Not really, just because I took a different path. I was a Pathways recent graduate, so I got my job after, within two years of graduating with my master's. But I was, I mean... It was a lot easier for Peace Corps or return Peace Corps volunteers to get a job. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Whenever people now ask me how they can get a job in the federal government, it's like, well, I would say go to the Peace Corps for two years and then mm-hmm. <laughs> you can 
more easily get a job. Yes. And that would definitely, I would caveat that with, if this Peace Corps is something that you would already want to do, well, true. and you want to work in the federal government, go to Peace Corps first, and then work in the federal government. Uh, serving in Peace Corps as a way to get a job in the federal government, if you don't want to do Peace Corps, is a horrendous idea. True. Uh, but conversations about weird food, medical conditions, and poop. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you like poop. I do. I find it fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably one of the few people who say that, but I do. Well, f- poop and sanitation, mostly. <laughs> like, not poop itself. Like, I don't... Yeah, but you actually, when you say it, usually you say poop, and I'm like, Michelle, you really need to say that differently, because it comes off weird. Yeah, like, I'm I'm not playing with poop or something. <laughs> no. I'm more interested in the health aspects of poor sanitation. Mm-hmm. And while you were not a Peace Corps volunteer, you did have uh, two different experiences abroad in countries that have Peace Corps volunteers, Ecuador and Peru. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons we were able to connect. Not saying that I, I, you know, needed a return Peace Corps volunteer to end up with, but I needed someone who definitely had experienced things like that and saw a different part of the world and and understood a little bit more and had a, a broader perspective. So I'd definitely say that that was uh, important that you had had those experiences. And was immersed in a different culture. Yeah. That's huge to be able to thrive in a different culture mm-hmm. for some period of time. Mm-hmm. And there's something to say too of, of learning another language and fumbling through another language and, and what comes with that and that understanding and the empathy. I was just talking to the, the volunteer I talked to this morning, a current volunteer who will be next week's episode, uh, in the empathy that you have for immigrants and people who are visiting this country. Uh, and I think that that is important too and something that you also have and your willingness to to help people out and see another person's perspective Mm -hmm. uh, more rapidly than a a lot of people. And I think that that's a characteristic of not all Peace Corps volunteers. Uh, We are definitely a a mixed group, but I think that that is something that tends to come with, with those experiences. Right. Well, what has been one of the more annoying things of... Having to hear about uh, Peace Corps all the time uh, or just being around uh, groups of returned Peace Corps volunteers when you yourself are not a returned Peace Corps volunteer? I think sometimes it feels slightly isolating, especially when we go to a gathering where everyone else served, and except for me. And I don't have a huge problem with it because I'm associated with you mm-hmm. but I sometimes it is kind of weird because people will talk about things and Peace Corps just has its own lingo mm-hmm. in some ways so being a partner of somebody who served in Peace Corps you kind of have to learn it or just accept that that's a part of your partner's life mm-hmm but I don't have a huge problem with it, I don't think. Well, that's good. 
Yeah. Is there anything about me? Uh, I'm a I'm a quirky, weird individual on my own. Uh, Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but is there anything that you feel maybe stemmed from my time in Burkina Faso? Or I've always been this goofy, and now I just try to blame it on Peace Corps service. I think you're... Your cleaning of dishes and the standard in which you clean dishes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes you'll lick a fork and call it clean. Yeah. <laughs> and Maybe. it's not. <laughs> it didn't it didn't have soap touch it. Um so uh, some of those little things. Um I, I can go days without showering. You can go days without showering. Um, I think when we travel, you, I don't know if it's a Peace Corps thing, but like when we were in Thailand, you gravitated toward the street food. And I don't, I don't know if that's a Peace Corps thing or just a willingness to try new things. Mm -hmm. But like you would eat really weird things on the side of the road in Thailand and China when we went like most of the time i didn't know what they were no you you were just handed something and sometimes it worked out well and sometimes it didn't you have some sort of smoothie that was questionable like a banana smoothie on the side of the road in thailand yeah the smoothie itself was good but then so he was making the smoothie and then he asked me a question and like he held up a glass and i had no idea what he said or what was in the glass and i just said yes and he dumped what was ever in the glass in the, the blender. There was also, you know, water that was not from a a filtered source. And yeah. It turned out fine. I also have a pretty iron stomach. You do. You do not. No, I don't. Um, what else do you do that's weird that could be from Peace Corps and not just you being yourself? I'd like to blame the way that I eat chicken. Oh my gosh. It is is disgusting. I hate watching you eat chicken legs. Uh, For those listening, I don't let any of it go to waste. Uh, He sticks the whole thing in his mouth and then pulls it out and it's completely clean. (laughs) And to me, like just the little cartilage bits and stuff. Like, how do you swallow, chew that? You do. And sometimes you just swallow. Ugh. Ugh. I, I was very well accepted in my community for my willingness to eat anything and everything. They they definitely loved that. And quantities. They would just keep giving you food, especially at celebrations. And even though I do say that I'd never get full and I just stop eating when it's no longer socially acceptable for me to continue to be sometimes eating. Sometimes you get full. Sometimes I get full. And I got full actually a lot in Burkina Faso when I was mm. dining with other people. Because those, uh, those taunties, as we called them, sort of the like moms, like mm-hmm. your, uh, would, yeah, they would just pile on food. And if you cleaned your plate, you were getting more and getting more. And as long as there was food to be eaten, uh, you had it put in front of you. So I had to excuse myself a few times. Mm-hmm. I also had my tailor build in little stretchy bits in my pants. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think what else. Sometimes you, I don't know if you judge other people or you like, like when I take a shower twice, two days in a row, 
or something or if i for those listening i do most of the time bathe like every day yes you do but like sometimes (laughs) when i take a shower twice a day let's say like if you're biking to work yeah yeah but i don't know sometimes that or there are just other little things that you're like but people don't need this like oh like that you want to live in a really tiny house Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's a peace corps thing or just a you thing but like that you want to live with just the bare necessities rather than the comforts of usual usa living i think that definitely stemmed from peace corps and then further accentuated about by being identifying as an environmentalist and wanting to, it's, it's more aspirational. I feel I'm I, I'm an aspirational minimalist. As am I, but yeah. you. I think we just have different reasons. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. And also, I was like just very content with my life for the most part in Peace Corps, and had nothing. I had, I didn't acquire too much during my service and i came with a suitcase and a backpack and that was it like Mm -hmm. that was all i had Mm -hmm. so you know had my had a camera had a laptop had some dishes and stuff to to cook with and some books and that was that is all i need Mm mm-hmm but now I have space, and now I get to have m- multiple cameras and all this oh, recording dear. equipment and stuff. Oh, dear. Um, well, what do you have any questions for me in relation to, to to this topic? So this is, I don't I don't know if people who are listening are already bored with this, or this isn't the normal, uh, you know, my Peace Corps story episode. But I thought it was interesting to one i wanted to get to michelle on the podcast because uh why not uh <laughs> someone to interview who's my roommate uh so i can subject her to it i cooked her a nice meal so we just ate uh that was how i how i got her on the podcast she said i'll come on if you cook for me uh mm-hmm. so i did uh, yes there was a whole chicken involved uh yes i did eat it and um, yes i did not watch uh well you're um, you're marrying this <laughs> i am how do you think Peace Corps changed you day to day? Day to day? Or like I don't, in, in just general <clears throat> everyday life? I definitely will. There's a bit of a, a struggle and a disconnect. Because I think that there's the way that I would like to live my life, which was born out of Peace Corps. And then the constant struggle of trying to replicate that life but within the united states and also because i wasn't you know i am a type well type ish a personality very driven mm-hmm. always want to be doing stuff be very active uh peace corps was a much slower pace but we were doing that exercise several months ago uh being well, me being a self-development junkie and you along for the ride sometimes uh but sort of just thinking through like what our perfect day would be. And as I was thinking about that, uh, it was really what I had in Peace Corps of, of that structure and that pace of my day of going out, being in the community, working on stuff one-on-one with people, uh, having breaks in the day, naps, 
uh, going out to like local restaurants and just connecting with the people who own the restaurants uh, and just being of the community. And that's what I really, really loved uh, about my service. So it's definitely been hard uh, to have that here in the United States. But I do think it has opened me up that I am much more willing to talk to random strangers and interact with uh, people that I don't know. Uh, so that, I think that's one thing. I was uh, a little bit more guarded uh, before Peace Corps in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, but now, especially living in D.C., uh, there are always you know, there's tourists everywhere, especially in the warmer months. Uh, I love giving people directions. Me too. If I see someone and they're like looking at one of those maps, especially right near where I work, and they're trying to figure out where to go, I I love it. Every single day, it's like, hey, where are you trying to go? You know, oh, we're trying to go to this museum, or where's the White House? It's like, oh, it's just right there. Walk down the street. Uh, in, in just doing that and trying to help people out and just talking to random strangers, where I feel a lot of people uh, in big cities and in D.C. as well, are very like sheltered and they're you know headphones on, not wanting to interact with people. Uh, I don't know. I like interacting with people. I've been walking more to work without headphones uh, to just be present a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think I went on a tangent with your question. I don't know well, if I answered and I, it. I feel like I sometimes help you. Yeah. Stop. Or reevaluate your priorities and mm-hmm. think through, like. Do you need to just rest right now? Or do you need to go outside and be with other people? Because when you're home alone all day, you are insane when I come home. (laughs) (laughs) And I I don't know if I try to convince, or not convince, but remind you to kind of go back to those things Mm -hmm. that you really loved about Peace Corps. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, At least that's what I aspire to do for well, you. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Did you, you, I mean, you knew about Peace Corps. You knew what Peace Corps was Yeah. prior to meeting me. But had you met, had you met many returned Peace Corps volunteers prior to moving to D.C.? I met a few. So I, when I was a sophomore in college, I went on an alternative spring break trip to Guatemala, to a very tiny mountainish village. And I went with the church that I was involved with at that point. Um, and we went for a week and did different random service projects. And it was all coordinated by a Peace Corps volunteer. Mm. And I, I didn't really realize it. And like... A few years before, there was another Peace Corps volunteer who was there who coordinated other trips. So we would... What all did we do? We turned tires inside out and made them into planters. We mm-hmm. painted this children's... I guess it was an orphanage. And we painted trees with this weird lime stuff mm-hmm. to keep bugs away. We just kind of did really random projects around the community. And I mean, we also went zip lining and we went, we climbed a volcano and roasted marshmallows at the top, but 
to be to make it a little bit fun and spring break like but it was hard work we were all exhausted when we left we slept on the floor and we all slept like complete rocks um we left and all had fleas all over us so i and but the peace corps volunteer she would tell us about her life and kind of walk through her day and what she did and how she would get her food and what she where she would store it and she would tell us different things about her life and there was another I think she was a returned Peace Corps volunteer or she was just somebody who she met a Guatemalan and married him so I don't know how she got to Guatemala but she was also there um and then I mean I went my universities had Mm-hmm. Our pretty big Peace Corps recruiting universities. You went to Michigan. I went to Michigan, but for undergrad well, and yeah. Michigan State for, or Michigan State for undergrad, Michigan for grad school. So, mm-hmm. I think, and both of those are pretty big. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought of it, but I, for some reason, well, when I graduated undergrad. I, like most people, had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I had a general idea that I wanted to do something involving getting clean water for people who don't have access to it, but I didn't know what that meant. And a lot of people would tell me, well, why don't you think about the Peace Corps? And I was like, no, I need to do something where I would make money. And for some reason, I was really gung-ho on making money so you worked that job where you drove around michigan and made no money yes (laughs) and then i went to grad school and then i made no money made no money and then i went to work for the government where i make some money but (laughs) not a ton you make now you do now i do that first year when you were a fellow yeah no no i made very little so, I I thought about it, but for some reason it scared me. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what scared me if it was just the general idea about it or what, but something kept me away from it mm-hmm. at the time. And I have let you know that every now and then I do daydream about. Uh going back to the Peace Corps. I know we've talked about like in, in our retirement, mm-hmm. uh, 30, 40 years from now, uh, you know, event uh, one day we're planning on having children. So post children going to undergrad and getting established. Cause you can't have kids in Peace Corps, right? No, you can't have them with you, uh-huh. but I have heard of people's parents serving while the kids were in undergrad. I mean, yeah, once they're out of the house. Yeah, once they're out of the house. But even, I don't know, like, yeah, even undergrad, like I still, maybe I wanted more stability. Like my parents, if they just, if I had left to go to undergrad and they had just peaced out. True. Like what, where would you go for Christmas? I know. Well, I guess I could have gone to their Peace Corps country. That would have been pretty cool, actually. That would have. T- yeah. Okay. So maybe we can do it a little bit sooner than I was thinking. Uh, but <laughs> no, I was also, even now, like days when... I don't really care for uh, work some days. Uh, and you just, yeah, you just get bored with the mundane mm-hmm. 
day to day. Yeah. Wake th- up, go to the office. Yes. And I think, well, man, I can, maybe I'll just go to be a Peace Corps volunteer again. Like money, money's not that important. It's more, I don't know, I enjoy that a little bit more. So I have looked at positions, sometimes Peace Corps response, which are the shorter term ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you could do it as well because uh, you have enough now background because you don't have to be a return Peace Corps volunteer to do response if you have a certain amount of technical background experience. Uh, so needless to say, I have thought a lot about doing Peace Corps ag- again. Uh, we'll just have to see how the timing works. Okay, but you're 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 willing to to follow me into Peace Corps. Service? I know that it's part of my future. <laughs> as long as Peace Corps lets me lets me in, uh, sometimes I wonder with this podcast. But I haven't said too many things that are anti Peace Corps. But I have had some interviews with people who had bad experiences. Yeah. So I think Peace Corps still likes me. Hopefully. I talked to the. Uh, this is a preview. I talked to uh, the current Peace Corps director. Uh, a week ago, uh, and she said that she would be willing to come on the podcast. So be looking out for that, everybody. Uh, might have her on the show. I feel like if she's willing to come, yeah, then well, you're fine. Also, she was very surprised that there was a Peace Corps podcast, which oh. kind of hurt me a little bit. I was like, man, headquarters should know I'm a thing. They should, yeah. they should be aware of me. She's a busy lady. I'm kind of a big deal. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm the number one Peace Corps podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, it's been fun talking with you. I know this isn't going to be an hour long one, uh, but we've been talking for currently 28 minutes on the clock right now. Uh, is it, uh, you, what do you not have more questions for me? No, I think that that's enough. Okay. Just exp- exploring it. Or do you have any advice for, or maybe cause everybody who's listening to this for the most part are. Uh, prospective volunteers, current volunteers, return volunteers. Uh, is there anything that a return volunteer can do better to be more inclusive or understanding of their significant other who was not a volunteer? I would say not that you do. Other return Peace Corps volunteers do, but don't take up the whole conversation talking about Peace Corps <laughs> because a lot of people have cool experiences mm-hmm. that different places they've gone, pl- things that they've done. And just as a generalization, Peace Corps volunteers love to talk about their Peace Corps service and love to take up the whole conversation talking about it. Mm-hmm. And as a non-Peace Corps volunteer, sometimes it's fine. <laughs> sometimes it just is like, okay, I know. Either I've heard this story before or like, can we talk about something that we have in common mm-hmm. rather than... And I... Don't like to interrupt people that much. No, I, you don't. I listen to people even if I'm bored, but just be. And I think it's if it's like a a love relationship or your parents or your friends. Once you are back in the U.S., that applies to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, talk about your service because I know that you've said that you come home 
and people are like, how is Peace Corps? It's like, how do you describe the last two years of your life? Mm -hmm. Succinctly. Succinctly. Like, I ate some cool stuff. I got sick. I did some cool things for the community. But like, I, so, I mean, it's hard Mm -hmm. because it's so different from... From almost any other experience. Yeah, it's really hard. Peace Corps is on the outer extreme of any type of service, any type of being abroad. It's kind of like this other level. Uh, But it doesn't mean that it's better than those other things and that those other things aren't important. It's just... uh, Right. And I guess kind of like what you've said before just be once you come back be more mindful of immigrants or Mm -hmm. people who are different from you because Mm -hmm. they're probably struggling too Mm -hmm. and people who are different from you but also of your 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 culture who are americans because i think sometimes people are often more willing to be accepting of differences of people who look different Mm -hmm. and who are from other countries but less likely maybe this is me just being in dc of uh, the opposition of reaching across the aisle and and working with people but people who you know may have uh, different political beliefs you know i'm not saying be accepting of you know racist or anything but like you know there there are, are people on both sides uh that are still good people and being maybe willing to hear them out of where they're coming from and how they got to where they are and what they're thinking and make, make you know, apply that to people back in the United States as well. Yeah. I want you to cook more foods that are West African. Okay. Well, I didn't cook, so I didn't cook that much. Well, I cooked a ton when I was in Peace Corps. Very rarely did I cook West African food. The women, the women wouldn't let me. Oh, like they would help. Like I would prep. Would, would you sit and watch them? Yeah, I got a general idea of, of how to do it. Yeah, uh, and I can follow uh, a recipe book just as good as anybody else. And I'm I'm a good cook, so I could can. But yeah, I do. I could make you some. You haven't cooked me anything, have you? Yeah, not West African. I don't think. No. Well, okay, so I'll make you. We don't like onions. I would make you sasyasa, but you don't really like onions that much i'll make you peanut sauce and rice yeah that's my favorite you talk about it all the time well okay you're gonna you're gonna get that soon okay all right uh well thank you very much for coming on the show it has been an absolute pleasure as i tell every every person who comes on the show but i do mean it uh, to each and every one and i mean it mean it to you as well uh oh, to me too yeah you too i'm just I'm just another, another person. Another Joe, Joe on the street, another schmuck. Uh, but thank you, Michelle, my You're love, welcome. for for coming <laughs> for coming on the show. Uh, because I asked this of uh, almost everybody who comes on the show, uh, I will ask you as well. Uh, from your your times abroad, uh, do you have a favorite quote or local saying that you would like to share? It can be some. Some slang, some Quechua, some Puerto Rican, something, I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Even though Puerto Rico is America, I'm aware of this, people, so don't. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I also was in Puerto Rico for the response. Yeah. 
or the hurricane response. Um, que será, será. What does that mean? What will be, will be. Well, thank you for that. Uh, yes, once again, thank you for finally coming on one of my podcasts, uh, 208 episodes later, a mm-hmm. uh, hundred and something of this one. And well, I know nothing about cocktails, so like that would have, you drink alcohol. I mean, yeah. I didn't know anything about cocktails and I <laughs> made, True. made this show. True. Okay. But, uh, thank you very much. You're uh, welcome. Let uh, me know if I am needed on a future episode. You might be because I'm having trouble getting uh, people on the show. Oh. So if you're still listening to this episode and you didn't like it at all, it's up to you to get people to come on this podcast. But maybe people will like it. Maybe they will like it. Maybe they want to hear more from you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. You're welcome. And there you have it. Another episode of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I really enjoyed this episode, uh, recording it and then listening back to it as I was doing the very minimal editing that I do on these podcasts. Uh, but no, I had I had a lot of fun uh, talking to Michelle about uh, about me, my Peace Corps service, uh, our relationship, and how it relates to to Peace Corps. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, if you have other ideas for future episodes, please let me know. If you are a current volunteer or return volunteer who wants to come to the show and tell uh, their story, reach out to me and let me know. Share this podcast with anybody and everybody who might be interested in Peace Corps stories and learning a little bit more about Peace Corps service. You know all of this if you've been listening to the show like it, share it, comment on it, connect with me, etc., etc. It has been a pleasure to spend a little time with you. Until next time, remember, every volunteer has a story. What's yours? <laughs>